Welcome to Book of Engin. What is this? Tuesday? Second week of uh, the social distancing. Obviously, we're all on our social media while being social distant. And uh, Facebook never stops reminding you of your memories. And today I was reminded about two things I did back in the day today. Seven years ago today, I went and did my first gig with my bass. And since then, things have snowballed into some great experiences. And I'm ever so grateful uh, for Andy Moroni to believing in me and convincing me to stop practicing in my living room and get out there and do something and play with people, which was initially the first motivation to get into music so I can play with others. The second reminder was uh, what I have shared with people about four years ago in regards to this journal I've been keeping. Um, and I started keeping a journal. I've been keeping a journal for a minute, but I got more serious about it since my daughter was born. And this was all, uh, there was there was separation anxiety. It was fueled with a lot of things to put that energy into keeping a journal. And one of them, the primary one was, what if uh, I go away without my daughter really having had to experience me and perhaps leave something behind so she can have an idea of what kind of a person I was and how I conducted myself in life. Because a father's duty is extremely important in a child's life. Mother's duty is, is as well. And all these duties make a good person combined. Not one of them by itself is enough. I don't believe that. So as a father, I'm trying to put these efforts forth and hope to leave a message for her. So when, if, if and when she finds herself, you know, what would my dad do? situation then perhaps she can refer to one of these things and um, get inspired by it get find an encouragement perhaps or find a way to uh, resolve a situation i also keep these uh, journals in turkish in hopes that maybe she will pursue learning how to speak turkish Turk speak in in turkish and that way she can get the music of the language and the real uh, sense of me. Because when I speak in English, I am forcing myself to speak in English. And I'm also considering the language music of English so I can be understood by other English speakers. Because... The reason why English is such a colorful language is because there are many, many cultures use the English language. And uh, 
that's why English is a colorful language. So many people are using it. They let me use it, as you see, without a license. So anyhow, I keep, I keep, I keep this uh, journal in Turkish for her. And four years ago today, I wrote her about a story which was inspired by a movie I saw during that time. And the, the moral of the story is, if you don't tell your story, somebody else will tell it for you. And how accurate is that going to be? The movie was about a... Uh, the movie, movie was called Midnight in Paris. And there's an American uh, art enthusiast, Mer uh, has a fiancé, fancy fiancé, and this fancy fiancé has a fancy friend. And this fancy friend seems to be the know-it-all, seems to be an authority in art, uh, food, and all the delightful enjoyments of life. And he is, he, he, he portrays uh, a very uh, arrogant character. Whatever he says goes. And our main character seems to be more of a humble personality. He is always thirsty for information. He's a curious personality. And unfortunately, he gets pushed around by this uh, social bully. The way the movie has it, our character, after midnight, ends up traveling back in time and uh, during his time travel he runs into uh, the most famous artists and musicians and cooks of uh, France and he gets a chance to sit down and have a conversation with them. And the story goes as if he is receiving the first-hand information in regards to how things went about, either surrounding an artist or a musician and the events that took place between them. And when he returns back to the current time, he is exposed to the bullying of the fancy fiance's fancy friend. Thus, uh, at one point, he comes to, he catches on the fancy friend's uh, false stories. Just because he's telling it with conviction, that didn't make him right because the way the story has it, he just found out about the real story from the real artist during his time travel. This, this inspired me to share my own personal story with my daughter in my journal. And the, the story... Um, and I'm sure you have these as well. You have these kind of stories as well, whereas something happens, series of events take place. But by the time you hear someone else tell your story, all you can think of is, that's not how it took place. That's not how it happened. And you are also mesmerized by the fact that no one ever bothers to ask you how it really went on. They... The, as a group mentality, as this um, social, uh, there's a social fear. We believe in stories that the massive, mass groups of people believe in in order to be liked by that group.
This occurs all the time in all sorts of groups. And because of this human behavior, we also choose to meet on uh, the negative. We like to share the negative, like misery loves company. That wasn't said for nothing. Uh, we meet on the misery. We meet, we, we sit down and complain about something and expect our peer to go, oh yes, that sucks too. And, uh, or the, 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 every sentence, every story that starts with, well, I hate it when blah, 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 blah. Who cares about what you hate? Do you even know what hate is? Hate. There are so many examples for hate. You hating Justin Bieber is not hate. You're just saying it so you can belong to a group and you can feel not lonely. I, with my experiences, I choose to go to the source to find out what really went on before I join the bandwagon and start saying, well, this is how it happened. Well, says who? Well, he told me. Who is he? Was he there? No. He heard it from someone else. And that someone else heard it from someone else. By the time the story got to you, it is probably the furthest thing from truth. And here's how my personal story went. Um, the reason before I tell my story, I want to share why I want, why I'm emphasizing on a telling your own story, B, why should you really drill into the information before you make up your mind about something, especially about someone. Because when you make up your mind about someone, one way or another, you're affecting that person's life in a positive manner or in a negative manner. In the previous episodes, I talked about how we are constantly fed negative news. There is no, there are no positive news. There are no positive examples that's being shared in our mass media or social media. We don't meet in the good, we meet in the bad. It's so easy, it's so easy to complain about things. Here we go. Say you're looking at this screen right now and you see things in my backdrop. If I was nobody and if I chose to complain about things, it's very easy. I can start with, well, why are those pictures so close to the corner? And why is there a lamp in front of it? Doesn't that hinder the visual of uh, the pictures? Here's a good complaint. Why is there a, here we go. Why is there a lamp screwed into the wall? Couldn't you have thought of something more clever? Or the rocking chair's pattern doesn't match the blanket. You see how easy it is to complain about things and pick things apart? The practice is looking for beauty. 
finding beauty and enjoying the beauty and sharing the beauty. That is work. That is what takes an effort. I can pick things apart all day long. Name a topic, no problem. So here's my personal experience, one of many, but this one, this one really sticks out because it's kind of funny to see how people completely ignore some obvious facts of life and choose to believe the end result. This is back in the day when I was working for the corporate world and I was a top salesman and crushing it, crushing it, king of my domain, my, customer lo my customers love me and to this day I'm in touch with them even though I haven't been involved almost five years now. Um, imagine in the great Bay Area, San Francisco, uh, the month was May, it was a warm, it was a warm month, and, uh, and it's a Friday. If you have any idea about California, Bay Area, warm weather, and a Friday, this combination should discourage you from driving, from doing anything. But I was a soldier of this company and I did believe that fulfilling my uh, superior's wishes was my number one uh, duty in life. And, and after I received this request to do certain things without enough time, I chose to set sail to visit two accounts in East Bay and two accounts in San Francisco and come back in time back to Santa Rosa to have a gig, my musical endeavor. And if anybody knows California traffic, it is impossible to go to East Bay on a Friday afternoon, handle two accounts, and each visit is at least two hours. Plus the commute, add the traffic jam. You, there's no way you, you could come home at a reasonable hour to be ready for your gig. That starts at 7.30 in the afternoon, in the evening. So I chose to take my motorcycle out so I could split the lanes and not be stopped by the traffic. And I did a tremendous job that day. Uh, I went and visited my two East Bay accounts, booked well over $25,000 worth of orders, and then I went to scope a new account in San Francisco, another new account to deliver them the dealer package and sit down and walk them through all the steps that they need to fulfill to become a dealer. And everything worked out smoothly. The orders were booked. The documentation was delivered. 
the dealer was educated, and I was home around six o'clock in the afternoon, and I was packing my gigging gear. And I thought I had a stellar day because I have fulfilled all the require requests of my superior because my superior was the one who was curious about these two other accounts. And um, so I just added them. Like if I were to just go to East Bay and come back with those two accounts that I was going to visit, life would have been easy. But adding the two accounts in the city, that, made, that forced me to... Um, choose motorcycle over my truck. The gig went great, everything is awesome. And a week later, I got a phone call from this superior. And this superior was talking to another superior. By the way, the people I call superior, none of these two had any effect on my workflow. They were just these short people with large egos. And they actually, later I find out, because I was, in a way, when you're in that corporate environment, you're, you're hypnotized. You believe in that the, this company is your home and you believe that it need, you need to do whatever it takes to fulfill the the requests but later as towards the end i really discovered how these things worked out these little people with large egos use employees like myself as a garnish to their conversation so they can have a laugh and one one of the managers the superior tells the other superior that I went and did this route, dropped off all the thing, all the, all the documentation, but I did this on a motorcycle. Now the other superior who asked me to go check on the other accounts was on the phone with me questioning my decision. Why I took the motorcycle out. I said, well, hey, that was the only way to get it done in that short amount of time that you gave me. If I had a week, I would have done it the following week, Monday, Tuesday. Mondays, I didn't work. Hey, here's a good tip. If you're working from home, I highly recommend not traveling on Mondays. If you want to have a good balanced life, I work from home. I still work from home. Um for many, many years, and establishing Monday as your office day helps you set up for the following week, assuming your coming week is already sorted. Your appointments are booked, wherever you need to go, your travel plan is set, you have a nice flow, so you can be home, unless there are any exceptions, by Friday evening. So, First he questioned, uh, this is after eight years of me doing this, by the way. First he questioned why I don't travel on Mondays. I explained him. I use it as an office day. Well, don't you have the weekends for that? I'm like, sir, you're paying me to work Monday through Friday when all of you go 
leave the office Friday, you expect me to still work on Saturday and Sunday? You're out of your mind. I didn't tell him he's out of your mind. I knew he was out of his mind. And obviously this little man with huge ego didn't like that answer. And then later uh, he questioned my choice of using the motorcycle. I'm like, what, what, what difference does it make? I got the job done, plus I put in a $25,000 order in. And you can go back and check this. These are, this is all public records available to everyone. And then later, the very person who was questioning my ways of doing things came to my territory to, um, to travel with me. He suggested that we should start today at 6 a.m. There's no point starting a day at 6 a.m. if your dealer, your first dealer, opens at 11 a.m. If your first appointment is at 11 a.m., there's no reason to have someone come and meet you at 6 a.m. Now, one might think, oh, had you gone, maybe he had something to say. This guy, to this day, has nothing to say. I promise you. This is all these big egos want to play with people's lives because they don't have a life. They don't have anyone that like them. So they are choosing to meet on the negative with other like-minded, large ego having personalities to have a laugh and tell themselves that they have worked that day. So I pick him up, we travel, and uh, I show him how difficult California traffic is to, because he's, it was still, after, this was like months after my motorcycle trip, he was still drilling on the motorcycle trip. I'm like, you're looking at it. We have not moved an inch for the past 20 minutes. This is what I beat with the motorcycle. Obviously, he didn't like that trip because I didn't like him. As a superior, he didn't show up to help, he showed up to critique. And if one thinks, oh, the superior's job is to critique, you can go fuck yourself. Because a superior's job, a true leader's job, is to make the life of your subordinates easier, to teach them the more, more efficient ways so they can really enjoy the work rather than battling with these nitpicky, nerdy, little personalities. So we went on. I sent him back home uh, after the travel. And then a few weeks later, there were a few meetings, people traveled within the company, and my uh, peers started calling me. And I thought we had a good uh, relationship, my peers and I, we were always joking around with one another, and it was kind of like giving each other a hard time, it was a su good su sport for us. And one of them said, hey man, did you pick up superior number one? on your motorcycle with flip-flops on? I'm like, where did you hear this? He says, well, I was back at the uh, headquarters 
and your name came up and the entire office thinks when this superior showed up in California, you picked him up from the airport on a motorcycle with flip-flops on. And I said, do you believe this? He goes, well, that's why I'm calling you because it's so unbelievable. But from what I saw, people seem to have a great time with this story at office level. I said, there you have it. If you don't tell your story, someone else will tell it for you. Later with that company, you know, uh, the end was inevitable. Uh, I, I was bored. I was bored. It's the same song and dance. And then someone out of blue, after eight years of work that you've put in, not just eight years of work put in, eight years of work put in where oh, during each evaluation every year, I got the top score that was available. And I was complimented about how I take Mondays off, not Mondays off, how I use Mondays as an office day. I was complimented and awarded the, the, the raise, the points, and all that for eight years. And then this little person with a tiny ego shows up to tell you how I'm doing everything wrong. I could not believe him. Not, oh, I couldn't believe him. I had no trust in him. I had no faith in him. Because here's a person who wasn't around for the first eight years, shows up to tell you what you've been doing for the past eight years, making you number one salesman, the largest territory for the company, the largest revenue, and largest uh, income per capita, by the way. I did that for eight years, and this little person shows up to tell me how I'm doing it wrong. Like someone showing up to dismantle you personally is enough reason to lose faith because they want to continue their agenda. Well, I told you guys this long-winded story because we're, we're in a we're in times where we are being bombarded with bunch of stories, a bunch of stories. We are posting things without reading what it says underneath of that title. My advice, my recommendation, my wish, my kind reminder will be really go to the source for the information before you... Uh, make up your mind, especially these days. We are talking about um, like our current situation, social distancing, distancing uh, because of coronavirus. And uh, where do we get our information? Who do we believe in? Here's a question. How many of you bothered to listen to the White House briefing? We got to believe somebody. We got to believe in somebody. Regardless of your political agenda, regardless of your political background, you have to believe, you have to pick your source for information. Now, if the 
head of the state, if you believe that the head of the state is giving you false information, if somehow you reach that conclusion and the head of state is giving you false information, and if that is what you believe in, I want you to think about that one more time. Because if that's the case, if you don't believe the administration and the information they give you, that is more reason to listen to what they're saying. I always give this uh, example. Um, you know, when Trump was running for the presidency, uh, this whole like grab him by the pussy thing came up. Nowhere on record, Trump has said, go grab women by the pussy. The reason I know that is because I made an effort to research and I sat down and listened to the interview or the, the, the recording that this entire thing was based off of. Make an effort, it's on YouTube, you can listen to the entire uh, conversation. And this is when he was a young businessman having a popular uh, interview and a conversation with this interviewer. And you can say that it is, um, it is a locker room conversation but he does not say that you can go grab, you can grab, you need to, like, he doesn't, there's no encouragement of grabbing women by the pussy. If you don't believe me, go listen to it. Go listen to it. Right there. What he talks about and how they come to that phrase, and that phrase doesn't exist, by the way, grab him by the pussy. That, that phrase is chopped up. The phrase is, they will let you grab him by the pussy. It's up to you. You can hate me based on your emotions around Trump, or you can be an educated person by going and listening to it. I have the same problem in my own household. My uh, girlfriend is extremely, uh, she gets very emotional when Trump is in the sentence. And she refuses to listen to him. I said, how are you going to find out what he's really saying if you're refusing to listen to him? You have to listen to the person that you're in a disagreement with to find out really what you're disagreeing about or else you're, you're just another victim of someone telling you something and you turn around and doing your best trying to repeat that to someone else or you choose to be emotionally triggered because rest of your herd is emotionally triggered so you don't want to you, you're afraid of being shunned by that but be educated being educated and being informed 
will pay back in dividends rather than just listen to someone saying, well, this is how it is. Because if you're choosing that route, if you're choosing to listen to other people and their suggestions, I want you to now think about this. If, if, that, if you are that person who listens to what their environment is telling them and then goes with it, I want you to think about this. How many times have you come up with an idea and the people around you said, ah, that's too hard, or ah, I wouldn't really get into that, or mm, I don't know, I don't know. Are you sure putting doubt in your head? Then do this education. Regard, take your idea, take what segment and classification that idea of yours is in, and find out how much experience those people have in, in that segment of your idea? Probably none. Because they have never tried anything. They have never tried anything that's out of the, uh, out of the ordinary. That's why telling someone, mm, I don't know. Eh, just eh. I mean, look at me. Look at me with a broken English. I choose to do this. I choose to do this because I want to tell my own story. And I'm more than happy to sit down with anyone who'd like to tell their story or share their story. It's a human nature to want, we all want to be remembered. We all want to be remembered. We don't want to be forgotten. That's why um, perhaps why we're terrified by death. We don't even know. Maybe it's great on the other side. We don't know. We don't know. Now, I want to switch gears and uh, talk about the inf still talk about the information we receive and what kind of information we need to listen to or how we need to drill into the information and get a good understanding of it so we can analyze the information. Yesterday, I listened to the White House brie uh, briefing in regards to, you know, it's also beginning of the week too. And I listened to it just to see... For me, it's a reliable source. I mean, if, if I don't believe the government that I live in, in these times, who, who am I going to believe? And if I'm going to believe that other mambo jumbo that's going on out there, how, like, how, how am I going to fare? I belong to this country. I'm a citizen of this country. So it's almost my obligation to listen to what the country is saying. The representative of the state is saying. That is, that is my obligation to collect, get that information. Not listen to it from Yahoo News or something. Like, why would you get news from a place called Yahoo anyway? 
How serious is Yahoo? But in that, you know, they advised the, the, the main talk was uh, changing of, changing of habits, changing of social habits. Because one of the journalists during the White House briefing, uh, he was concerned whether these uh, press conferences were going to be stopped due to the social distancing rules and whatnot. And the, the topic of uh, our habits changing came up. And they talked about, you know, we need to wash our hands, make sure, you know, the handshakes, in, in, especially in a government uh, or in a, any uh, bureaucratic, bureaucracy environment, there's a lot of handshaking because there are lots of deals that are being made. There's lots of meet and greets. That's, so um, they were saying, well, you know, maybe we need to kind of review all that. And talking about... Uh, this just the habit the conversation of changing habits was strictly based around uh, these social habits and i started to think why are we not talking about changing our personal habits Personal habits, what, would, what do I mean by personal habits? How about looking after ourselves? How about making sure that we exercise every day? How about making sure that we eat food that's, a, that's good fuel for our body? That takes discipline. Changing habits calls for discipline. And discipline means regardless of how you feel, you follow through a plan and you have faith in the long-term gain. I wish when our... Uh, the elders of the country are on TV advising people uh, about changing habits. I wish we focused on that. Personal love, personal care, exercising, eating good food, engaging with positive activities. One thing I read, uh, like, you know, a bunch of people are making memes and whatnot, and someone said, think about your social isolation. And think about three weeks ago versus today. If not much has changed in your life, that says a lot about how isolated you are. And if you're upset right now, more reason to look into this because I'm laughing at these things because for me these are such simple math mathematical questions if I exercise if I eat good food chances are my immune system is going to be stronger and I can endure these viruses and other illnesses better if I move and if I feed myself good fuel, 
chances are my brain function is going to be better. This is very simple. You know this. I don't have to tell you this. But are you doing it? If you're not doing it, chances are now you're going, oh, I ain't getting, people have conditions, blah, blah, blah. Listen, those conditions exist because of being a lard ass. I come from a family of um, diabetes and cancer patients. And all those folk, some of them lived a long life. Very long life because they adhere to the rules of self-care. They, they did what the doctors told them. Exercise. Watch what you eat. Stay away from alcohol. I mean, let's not get stupid. Go have a drink with a friend of yours. But you don't need to drink a whole bottle of wine. You don't. That's... How is your day going to be tomorrow? You gonna you think you're going to have some spring in your feet to bounce off and just dance around and do your exercises? I doubt it. I doubt it. Doesn't work like that. So you need to look after yourself. You can say, "Hey, fuck off. Who are you to tell me to do that?" I don't know. You listen to it this far. You listen to it this far. But you can make the change. It's up to you. No one can make those changes for you. No one can make those changes for you. You are the change. I know I sound like a... Hey, this can segue into something. Like, you've heard everything I've said before in the same phrases that I've said it. Because I steal these phrases. The reason I steal these phrases, it's because this language doesn't belong to me. I didn't grow up with it. I learned it by listening to other people and every time someone says something a lot better than I do, I take that on because it's a, it's a lot more efficient way for me to get to a, a, a message across. Music is the same way. I, I cannot stand these conversations where people accuse each other, oh, you're stealing this, you're stealing that. Anybody's musical career at the very, very beginning, you're just a cover band. You're a cover band. You're, you're learning how, what was said before you, so later you can figure out what to say when you have something to say. Language works the same way. If I want to provoke an emotion, and someone has done that so gracefully, I will grab their phrase and use it. I have to. Or else whatever I'm trying to say becomes a mumbo-jumbo, a long-winded sentence that you probably will lose interest in. When I was learning jazz, my mentor, God bless him, uh... Mr. Friedman, he always said, steal from the best. If you're going to steal, steal from the best. Who are the best people around you that you can steal from? You can steal good habits. Here we go. Why not? 
Who is going to come after you if you steal good habits from someone? I'll tell you who's going to tell you, uh, who's going to get mad at you if you steal good habits from someone. Your roommates, they're going to get mad at you. They're going to say, oh, you're trying to be like such and such. Hey Amen. If, 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 if the habit you're stealing is making you a better person, a healthier person, your roommates will be the first ones to notice that. Then it'll be your household, your, your friends. If you're stealing from the best to get better, I think it's open season. As long as you're not hurting anybody, stealing, I keep saying stealing, it has such a negative uh, sound to it. But as long as you're not hurting anyone, not wrong with copying and stealing somebody else's good habit. There are so many people out there <clears throat> that are giving away information. They're giving away information. They're telling you how exactly they did it. They put the work in. Every day. They did a little bit. But they did it every day. Let's talk about my bass. I started taking bass seriously in 2015. Prior to that, I was like, if seven years ago was my first gig, that will put us back to uh, 2013. Um, I was just noodling around in my living room and uh, taking lessons from uh, one of the best one of the best bass players that I have ever met with, Mr. Uh, Steve Hoffman, here in uh, Santa Rosa. Great mentor too. Not that he knows how to play bass, but he, you can talk to him about anything. And he will use music as an analogy to give you, oh, to show you different angles to the same thing. He's a, that's, that's, in my world, that's a great uh, mentor. Showing different paths to get to the same result is, it's, it's a great way to teach someone. Because not every path is suitable for everyone. But knowing that there are alternative paths to get to a place and someone can break it down to you, it's amazing. Um, talking about discipline uh, and how believing in the process. So in 2013, I started, you know, tinkering, going out there, trying, looking for people to jam with. And I was looking for people to play with. <clears throat> and I was, I kept getting shut down in this county uh, because people... Uh, or established musicians, they didn't want to have anything to do with me. Perhaps they didn't have time to teach anybody, they didn't have time to hold hands with anyone, and uh, or they didn't take me seriously. So I went back to Steve and I said, hey man, like, I'm, I'm really struggling to find uh, people to play with. He said, you need to change your energy. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, um, well, you need to go out there and tell people 
people that you want to play with, that you have a band and ask them if they would want to play in that band. I said, but I don't have a band. He goes, well, here's how you can have a band. Go learn 20 songs. Basically build two sets of a show that you are proficient in. That becomes your band set. And then you can present this to other musicians. And if they're better than you, they're going to figure it out anyway. So you'll end up playing with people who are better than you. And that's going to improve your game. But he said, it takes discipline because now you need to teach yourself these first 20 songs. See, he gave, not that he gave me a target. He also gave me a goalpost to get to that target. So there, there can be many goalposts to a target, but the target is to play with others. The target, and I'm not saying the target was, I'm, tar I'm saying target is. My target is always to play with other people because I'm human, you are human. We are social animals. And in, uh, in isolation, we're very, very prone to lose our minds. Very much so. It's so easy. So I did all that. I put together my set list. And all of a sudden, I had a band. And someone who saw this effort, before I could gig, uh, before I could book my first gig, Someone saw this effort of mine and invited me out to play my first gig seven years ago today. And that all came with the energy shift. My energy was, nobody wants to play with me, too. I have a band. I need to establish a band. Will you play with me? They're two different energies. And it's outcome speaks for itself. The discipline part, when I took uh, this one, the, the upright bass seriously, in 2015, I, I had one. It was sitting just like that in the corner and I wasn't practicing it at all. And I said, I need to put my feet just like what Steve did to me. Now I learned that behavior and I said, I got to put my feet to the fire, create some sort of an obligation to practice the big boy. And I went and signed up with the JC, took the first jazz improv class. I was the dumbest person in the room. Four semesters later, I became an award-winning bassist. I started doing studio work. I started getting invitations to play with big bands or sit in for other bands. I started playing with, uh, in, in musicals, musical pit bands. My band, Disclaimer, which is uh, this picture belongs to, uh, it's been gigging out there, having a good time. It was all a matter of changing my energy and believing in the, the target, the process, not just the wins.
the weeds. We're always craving for someone to say, oh, you did great. Oh, you did a great job. Did you do a great job? You know deep in heart when you do a great job or when you don't do a great job. Are you always doing a great job? I don't think so. I don't think so. But what do you do with that? Do you go, I did a great job, I don't have to do shit anymore? Or do you go, hmm, there's room for improvement. Let me chip away a little bit more today. It's, it's, it's a matter of creating those good habits and this is a great time to do so. Most of us are not going to be the same after all this social isolation. It's gonna take a minute. But don't forget, your previous habits are pretty ingrained in your who you are. So it's going to take a minute to replace them with the new ones. Or else the old ones are just going to resurface when everything goes back to normal. Well... It's all up to you. You're the only one who can, um, who can make a difference in your life. And when you're not, but you walk around like you do, I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at you because I struggle from the same stuff every day. I'm not Mr. Perfect. I forced myself to stand in front of the camera today to do this. Yesterday, oh by the way, uh, yesterday I wanted to do one of these but I had this splitting headache. This flat light when it's rainy kills me. And uh, I'm like man, and I have to stare in straight into a light to create a good picture. I mean good picture, I mean how good is that picture, right? Uh, but like a good lighting for the quality of the recording and yesterday I'm prone to have migraine headaches and it was it was a full-blown mi migraine headache and I didn't I couldn't even think straight and I was bummed about um, not being able to record this episode but then I told myself well you can perhaps uh, write out an outline instead of staring at screens just look at you know simple paper and pencil go old school so you're still productive so you're not chewing your head with negativity because you didn't do what you want to do so I replaced it I replaced it but I still did it even though I didn't feel good if you base on everything, doing things, if you're always basing on how you feel about it, I don't think you're gonna get done much. Sometimes you, your feelings change after you start doing something. So, I hope this was entertaining. I hope this helped you kill almost an hour in these times and I hope this pushes you to think about your 
day-to-day -day life in a different light. Because, and if you're saying, oh, my life is perfect, fuck you. Well, then I'm glad I was able to keep you here for the last 55 minutes. Thank you for listening. And if you like to talk to me about anything, you can email me at bookofengin at gmail.com. Uh, Book of Engin is also uh, on Podbean and uh, also the, the ones I upload to Podbean appears in, under the iTunes one. So if you have the, if you have a, any type of Apple product that has the podcast icon, you can click on that and look up Book of Engin and find me there. If you like to talk, if you like me to, you know, touch certain things, you have questions, feel free to reach out and have a wonderful day. Stay busy. Busy is good. Bye bye.